pastoring 34 years last week. You know, you learn something. You learn things about people. Yeah. And uh, what I'm going to preach on now is, is simple, but maybe not so. We're going to talk about the Word of God and your Bible. If there's, a, if there's an issue in America today, we don't read this enough. We don't meditate on this enough, and we don't know this as well as we should. And I'm not talking about this church. I'm just talking about people in a general sense around the board. And um, it seems like there's knowledge everywhere, but not the right knowledge. So I want to get in the Word and show you what the Word of God says, because I want to motivate you to fall in love with the Word of God and why and what it will do for you. Psalm 1.1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That would be ABC, NBC, and CBS. Nor stand in the path of, the, of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He, that man or that woman, will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's not your job, it's not your state, it's not your location, it's you. God will bless. You could sell ice cream to an Eskimo if you got in the Word of God. Amen. You could sell ice to an Eskimo. You know, God wants to bless you. He wants you blessed. The greatest testimony on this earth as a Christian is people to look at you and go, how did you get where you are? You are so blessed. Now, he makes a statement here on how to do it, and he said his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, and we, we wouldn't say law, we would say the word of God because back under the old covenant, that's all they had was the law. But God gave man his word. Now, this, this is not just a book. This is a God-breathed book. This book is God. The more Bible you have, the more God you have. The less Bible you have, the less God you have. The more God you have, the more life you have. The more light you have, the more health you have. The less Bible you have, the less you have. Now, I have a, I have a saying, and I say it to people all the time, and they look at me like a dog at a new bowl. If you walk in the kitchen in the morning... You turn the light on and roaches are on the counter. Don't blame the light. The light did not create roaches. Get some soap and hot water, pull the stove out, clean. The Word of God is the only light in the earth. Outside this, there isn't any. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? It's not a book, it's the book. Not a Bible, the Bible. And I want you to fall back in love with it and understand that the Bible is not prejudiced. It'll work for anybody who does it. Let me say something to you. You can be ignorant and stupid and ugly, and the Bible will work for you. And all of you people that are good looking, it works for you too. Now, that's, that's good because you know what? 
in our society today, we have a way, for whatever reason, we want to stack people up and put all in categories, but the Bible does not put you in a category. It said, whosoever, you get in the Word of God, and the Word of God will work for you. It'll work no matter what. When nothing works, this will work. You say, I don't know what to do. He just told you. But yet today, we have people who don't know what this, they have, no, they have no idea what the Bible says on any subjects. I mean, you can bring up a subject, and they just look at you like a dog in a new bowl. Have, they've been in church all their life, and they have no idea what the Bible has to say about that. My, my question is, why, why is that? Well, we've studied everything but what he told you to study. So he talks about the word meditate, and we're going to get into that word meditate because it's more than read. The word meditate means to mutter. It means to worry the word. Oh, my God, I was reading. I'm going to be so blessed. It's talking about giving your mind over to it and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking about it. Until you've chewed that scripture up, got all the juice. The word comes from, it comes from the word to, to chew the cud, referring to like a cow. Cow eats all day, then he lays down, and then he chews the cud. It means to mutter the word, muttering the word of God. Now, there's blessings that'll happen to you because of, your, of the word of God. Now, go to Joshua. Go to Joshua. Chapter 1, you're going to start right where you are, take a left, and go back to Joshua, chapter 1. Don't worry, I'll wake you up before you get out of here. Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your what? But you shall mutter it day and night that you observe to do all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and you'll have Good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now listen to me. God is not running your life. You are. L listen to what I'm about to say. And I just, just give me some grace. The biggest heresy in the earth, in America, I mean, it's, uh, it is wicked to the core, is that God is running everything. If he's running Ukraine, he has screwed it up. If he's running Russia, he screwed it up. If he's running Washington, he screwed it up. But God's not running Washington. You and I are. God is not running your life. You are. He gave you a formula. That works 100% of the time. Cannot fail under any circumstance. Can't. But it's totally dependent on you. Amen. Now, I'm going to teach you what that means. I want to show you because, you know, I like to look at people and say, your best days are ahead. But quite frankly, they may not be. 
If you keep doing what you've been doing and that isn't what he told you to do, your life won't be any different. So as much as I love you, that's not a thing I can do about what you're, what you're going through. Yeah, that's true. I can give you truth, and what you do with it is between you and God. Right. So it is in America today. So it is in this nation. Now, I named my sermon called The Game Plan. And the, reason I, the reason that I named it that was because I really wanted to talk to you for a few minutes about football. And we're not going to talk about the dogs because I realize that some of y'all can't handle that. So we'll just talk about football, period. Let me, make a, let me help you with something. I love a good football game. I mean, I mean, sit on Sunday morning, get your popcorn, and, and just watch them go at it. But let me, let me help you with something. The game is not the most important thing those players have been doing. Everything that happens on that field is a reflection of what they've been doing. If they have not been at practice, if they have not been putting 100% into learning their skill, game day means nothing. And, and, and we've seen it where you're going, what happened to my team? Well, listen, what happened to your team started about a month or two or three ago. The game day is reflection of what's going on privately. See, your life, every day of your life is a reflection of what you're doing privately every day of your life. No, you say, nobody knows I don't read my Bible. Yeah, we do. <laughs> nobody knows I don't pray. Yeah, we do. Because when the storm comes, it's obvious to watch you flop around like a fish out of the water and praying. Now, I'm going to tell you something about prayer. Now, don't get mad at me. Prayer don't fix, not study. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I tried it. I, I tried it. When I was in elementary school, every test day, I would pray, God, help me. And I still didn't make good grades. And one day it dawned on me that if I didn't study, all the praying in the world wasn't going to do any good. And I said that to you for your benefit because a lot of times you say, oh, pray, pray for me, pray for me, and I'm going, waste of time. I can't override disobedience. You're not doing what God told you to do. Now, he told you to meditate in the laws of the Lord day and night, and everything you put your hand to will prosper. It'll make you smart. All right. Now, let's talk about, let's go back to football. There's a movie, and uh, y'all don't, don't get mad at me for being so carnal. But I love the Rocky movies because, you know, Rocky's the underdog. Now, I w now, we're going to forgive the fact that he was raised in the Bronx. You know, there's just some things you can't fix. But anyway, and, and I always wondered why he always had to get hit about 50 times before he went, I'm in a fight. Yeah. It, it just, that's part of the movie I, I just tolerated. But I always loved the fact that after you punched him a few times or a bunch of times, he, he'd always come back and win. He's the underdog. But there's a part in the movie that I don't like. There's one spot in the movie that I always get aggravated really bad, and that was when Mickey, the coach, 
is trying to tell Rocky what to do while the guy is beating the mud out of him. Okay, now right now, you need to put your left hand up. And you need, and I'm going, Mickey, shut up. If you're not ready for the fight when you get in the fight, your coaching right now ain't going to help you any. You see, you got your skill level in the ring practicing. If you didn't get it practicing, you don't got it now. So now you know why I'm mad at Mickey. I'm going, Mickey, shut up. But because he practiced, because he took serious the, the time before the fight, then in the fight, he went in knowing he's master. I will not be defeated. I will not fail. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Why? I've been meditating in the Word of God day and night. Do you understand? I've been in that book. I've been reading that book. Me and that book are one person. And that book can't be defeated. I'm preaching pretty good. Luke 4. I'm just getting cranked up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to motivate you today as, as best I can. And then I'm going to go home and go to sleep. I, I am absolutely amazed. And I, when please, please hear my heart. I do not have an elitist mentality. I do not think I am better than anybody. But most Christians are stupid. Amen. They're just flat stupid people. I'm not saying that to be ugly. It's just true. They don't know squat. Been sitting in church 30 years and still don't know nothing in their Bible. And I'm talking preachers. Now, I don't think I know more than them, but I do know more than them. And I don't know much. I will admit, I don't know much, but I know more than they do. And you should too. That's whose fault is that? It's their fault. Because they've never taken what God said serious. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's only one thing that will keep you from sin. It's the word. The word of God will make me wiser than my teachers. You can take a Bible and you can take a teenager and get him in the word of God. And at 21, 22 years of age, he's smarter than a 50, 60-year-old adult man. Now, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to brag on you for a minute. Just a little bit, not much. You know, Josh Brown and Justin and Jordan used to work at um, Pentair, uh, aquatic systems down here. And they would come home and talk about how at the break table, at the lunch table, they would be teaching men about marriage. And the men would look at Justin and Jordan and Josh and go, how'd you learn all this? And they're like, the Bible? You know, when the kids were growing up, Lisa made Bible time 
you, you did not come out of your room, you did not read your Bible. You know, in our house, Lisa's a Christian and Assemblies of God. There's two things you will do. You will pray over your food before you eat, and you will read your Bible. Now, we and the boys, we pray for the food when it comes in the, the house in the, from the grocery store. We just cover it in the blood, just cover it all in the blood. And don't let mama find out you didn't pray over your dinner. I mean, it's like y'all a bunch of heathen. Put your fucks down until you pray over your food. <laughs> anyway, Lisa's a good mama. But you know, when the boys were growing up, Lisa would pull them off in the bedroom, and she taught them. I mean, they learned to read that Bible. They read Proverbs. They read the Word of God. They grew up reading the Word of God. And Jordan came home from school one day, and he said to us, do y'all know that everybody's not like us? And we went, yeah, we have kind of noticed that. But you know, it says in Proverbs, it says in Psalm 119, verse 20, that it'll make you wiser than your teachers. I told the story this morning about Jordan, first service, because he liked to swim. And uh, he found out later, if he'd have taken it seriously, he could have gone to college. But Jordan just swimming two days a week, just goofing off. I think he became number one in the school, and he became number one in state. The only reason they didn't go further was that private schools beat him. And, and he, listen, when you're, yeah, they swim every day. He says, I'm just goofing off, and I'm number one. He said, I actually could have taken this serious, but he didn't. Well, he's in a thing called Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he's a junior. Is he a junior? I think he's junior. Was he a senior? Could have been a senior. Well, they're in a room, and the teacher gets up and starts trying to teach the kids Bible. And Jordan stood up and went, that's not true. And he starts quoting Scripture after Scripture after Scripture to the teacher. And all the kids are like, Shondi, where'd you come from? And all the kids turned to Jordan to find out about God. And he's not even the teacher. He's just a kid. But he knew more Bible than the guy teaching the class. And the guy was going, yeah, but what about this? Jordan going, oh. It didn't take long where he realized this kid is a walking Bible. And he still didn't know that much. That's, that's, isn't that, that's something. We're trying to change America with a bunch of people who don't know squat. Well, say, we're going to learn squat. Amen. We're going to learn the Word. We're going to learn this book. This book is God. This, God breathed himself into this book. You see, all books are dead. All books are dead. Your phone's dead. Movies are dead. This is living. This book has the ability to reproduce after itself. Now, I told you to go to Luke 4. Let me read this. It says, Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, being tempted 40 days by the devil, and he ate nothing, and afterwards when he ended, he was hungry. And the devil said, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered and said, it's written, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, listen, I want to I help you with something right now. Don't, 
the bread you're buying in the store is dead. They have to kill it to make it last. But it's all it does when you eat it is turn to fat. Don't get mad at me. You're eating it. I'm not. I don't. If you go out to a restaurant and they give you a hamburger on it, just throw the bread away. Just throw the, it's cardboard. It's trash. Now, if you want real bread, grind the wheat that is alive. Wheat, wheat is alive. God never intended you to eat dead food and put it in your body and then pray for healing. Well, I could go here for a long time. Little Kenny Robinson was sitting here this morning, first service, and he was having some problems in his body, and I went and made him a loaf of bread and took it, and I said, just eat some food. Just eat some food, Kenny. And, I, and Kenny and Cindy bought him a bread maker and all that, and they're like, oh, we've died and go to heaven. Lisa and I can eat two slices of bread in the morning, and about 3 o'clock we start getting hungry because that food is alive. And it's, your body, the reason you're still hungry after you eat is your body hadn't eaten yet. Now, if that's true for bread, how much more true is it with the Bible? If you're not in the Word of God, you are not feeding your spirit. Your spirit, man, is starving to death. And you're looking for victory. Emancipated, skinny, malnutrition spirit man. Oh, I'm believing God. When's the last time you ate? Well, last week I had a cold snack. Come on, it's true. I told her this morning, and, I, and I'm going to have to tell the story now because Lisa was going to finally find out. Out of In my garden, I always grow those cherry tomatoes. But Lisa's never had many of them because they don't make it from my garden to the kitchen. While I'm out there working in my garden, I'm Chloe's the only one that understands this. Just sit there and eat cherry tomatoes right off the vine. You're like, good God almighty, thank you, Jesus. So listen, this year I'll actually take Lisa some tomatoes home. Bring, bring her one or two in. Our vine made a few. All right. But I found out that if you put good food in your body, your body's healthier. This, God breathed it. Now, I'm, I'm saying that for this reason. Listen to what, what I say. That seed, you could, they found wheat in King Tut's tomb. It's been there for how many thousand years? You know what happened when they took that wheat and put it in the ground? It grew. It wasn't dead. It just never germinated. This, this book right here, let me, let me, is alive. This, is, this book is alive. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, you take this and you put it in your mouth and you get it, you germinate this thing, this thing will grow. I don't care what scripture you're on, it'll, you can germinate the word as powerful right now as the day he spoke it. And there's not another book on God's green earth that'll do it. 
You can read John 3, 16, and you can get born again. You can read Acts 2, 4 and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You can read 1 Peter 2, 24. If you'll meditate, if you'll meditate, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about read it once and heard me. I mean read it to yourself. Mutter that scripture. Himself. Himself. Himself bore my sin in his own body on a tree. And I, having died of sin, live for righteousness, by whose stripes I was healed. Now, I'll tell you another one. You want another one? Cast all your cares on the Lord. He cares about me. He, if God is on my side, if God is on my side. When's the last time? I read that every day, every day. Don't you know it? No. That bread is, yesterday's bread is no good. It's come and it's gone. I need another slice. <laughs> this book was designed to be eaten. You meditate in the laws of the Lord day and night. You become. Now, I'm going to tell my joke. It's a good time for my joke. The squirrel went into the psychiatrist and said, Psychiatrist, doctor, there's something wrong with me. He said, well, lay on the couch. The squirrel lays down on the couch. He said, do you know you are what you eat? He said, yeah. He said, what are you eating? He said, nuts. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. That's, you know, some jokes aren't funny. They're just funny because they're not funny. You know, just, that was so stupid. It's funny. Okay. But but spiritually, in, in your in your life, you are what you eat. You don't like the way your body's operating. Why don't you change what you're eating? First of all, ditch the cokes. I mean, when it says cocaine on it, that ought to be enough. Just right there. If it eats tar off your windshield, what do you think it's doing in your gut? And if a hamburger from McDonald's will stay fresh for 25 years on your dash, you do not want to eat that thing. Help me, Jesus. Okay, that's enough of that. But then, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no life in Facebook. And I like a good movie every once in a while, but honey, ain't nothing trumps picking up this book. You want some, you want some good, gory sex? David and Goliath is real good. I mean, my God, that's a sex movie. What a, what a, what? <laughs> you want some gossip and espionage? This thing is full, and God never even tried to hide any of it from you. David murdered a guy and stole his wife. That's better than Hallmark, baby. That beats Hallmark all to pieces. Samson, woo, baby, come on, darling. Song of Solomon is X-rated. If you've ever read it, you're like, my God, they put that in the Bible. If y'all don't know it, it's a man and woman. 
<laughs> now you stop and think about it. If God put it in the Bible, it has to be a holy book. You going to watch Hallmark with me? No, I'm reading the Song of Solomon. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, that woman is like hot to trot. Never mind. <laughs> Crank you. <laughs> okay, that's it. I ruined this service. I have destroyed it. <laughs> Lisa's turning red like an Indian over there. <laughs> Go to Hebrews 4.12. We'll try to get you back in the spirit now. Are y'all here? The Word of God is living. The Bible is alive. And it is worthless on the paper. It's worthless. Now let's think about that for a minute. Now, he's talking about meditating on it. I want to read something to you and explain to you what that literally means. And, and, and I'm praying, this is my prayer. I, I'm, I'm praying that your life changes so drastically that you have to pinch yourself tomorrow morning. You wake up and go, my, my life is so good right now. I, I about hardly can't stand it. And it's possible. Listen to this. It is a most vital truth of the divine working that the Word of God is the pattern by which the ministry of the church is framed. The glory of the body of Christ is the fact that its members are living members, each with a personal will. The Holy Spirit comes into these individual members in order to bring them into unity with the will and purpose of the head of the church. But this is not done through inward impulse alone. Inward impulse inaugurates obedience toward the head, but the renewed mind cannot be fully instructed save through the word. Now here's, I know that sounds like a lot of word. Let me explain it to you. The head of the church is limited by how much you know. If you don't know the Bible, he's unable to get done in you what he wants to get done. You are the one hindering God. Now, that's a heavy, heavy statement. I don't mean that to, you know, people, I've had people want to say, well, I just didn't want to sit in your service. I felt condemned. That's called conviction. Right. Conviction is when you go, hmm, need to make a change here. Amen? Amen. Now, think about this. If, if, and I say this with grace, just listen to me. 80% of the people in America are not going to heaven. 80%. Is that the will of God? No, it's not the will of God. Why is that so? There's a Bible sitting right there that tells them how simple it is to be born again, and yet you die and go to hell because you don't know what's in it. 90% of the people in the world are going to hell. 90. Every day, drop dead, stone cold dead, and go straight to hell. They either rejected the word or no one went and preached to them. But that, that has nothing to do with God. The vast majority of Christians in the, in the body of Christ are defeated. It's because you're ignorant. God is, you, you, you're, praying, you're praying like I did in school for God to give me good grades, but I never picked up the book. I never studied the lesson. That's not intelligent. No. 
I learned later. Don't shout me down. Chloe, is that true? I mean, do you really have to study? I mean, you know. Well, then why does the Bible say study to show yourself approved? A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That means there has to be a certain amount of knowledge that enters your soul based on the truth of the word of God before God can do anything in your life. And you're over there going, help me, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, help me, Jesus. Stop. Get your Bible out and start reading what he said. Don't just read it. Masticate it. All right, let's go back to football. I'm going to explain football to y'all. And if we had some football players here, you could help me. The quarterback, during practice, they hand him a ball, and he throws it. And he throws another one, and 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 another one. And then he comes back to practice tomorrow. And he throws another one and another one and another one and another one. So that on game day, when you see him, and he, and he puts that ball right in that guy's hand, you go, that is not the first time he's ever thrown a football. And the guy catching it, that ain't the first time he ever caught a ball. And you know what he was doing during practice? Catching balls, catching balls. Catching balls, catching balls, catching balls. Now, if you're failing in life, let me tell you something. Pick that book up. Read that scripture over and 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 over. Until that scripture and you become one person. Eat the Bible. Eat it. Thy word have I hid in my heart. It is the only thing keep you from sin. It is the only thing protect you from the devil. It is the only thing that will cause you to ride in this earth on high places. There is not another book, another form. If you're not reading your Bible, you are already a failure headed for a place to happen. And you will fail 100%. You will fail. I'm going to tell you, I got this figured out. No, you don't. Without God, you can do nothing. Without the Word, you do nothing. Jesus, when he got in the wilderness, was not the first time he quoted the Bible. At 12 years of age, he knew his Bible so good that the guys in the temple were going, this kid, 12-year-old kid, come walking in here, quoting Scripture. He knows more Bible than we do. When we went to Israel, me and Justin, Lisa, the team, the, 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 the tour guide said, you guys know the Bible better than we do, and we're Jews. I said, honey, we're Jews too. We're more Jewish than you are, if you understood that. But Justin, I'm going to brag on him again. 
You know, sometimes it's better not to tell your kids who's on the bus. He did not know that we were on the Baptist bus the first time. Justin has a word of knowledge, and he stands up in that bus and said, all right, everybody, the Lord has showed me that there's somebody in the bus that's sick. They're like, Justin said, I'm going to lay my hands on you, and God is going to heal you. And he starts praying for them, and God starts healing them. And I'm like, honey, don't tell him. They don't even believe in that. And Justin's over there, hot in a nail, on their life. And then he gets off the bus and he starts roaming through the streets of Israel, getting Jews, Jewish kids born again. And this man comes up and said, I had no faith in the next generation until I met your son. I said, he said, what happened? I said, well, he reads his Bible and prays in tongues. Oh, is that what he does? That's what you ought to be doing too. Come on, y'all. This is not a club. God didn't, for a few individuals, you can get in this club if you want to get in it. Now, where did I tell you to go? Hebrew 4.12. The Word of God is alive. It is alive. It has the ability to reproduce after itself. I think I was reading this thing. I want to finish reading this. Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. The Holy Ghost has to. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. If I didn't have him up here, I'd be, I'd look goofy. Consequently, it is only as the word is carefully meditated on and understood and obeyed that the head has freedom of action through its members. If you don't know it, he can't work. I don't know where the Lord is. He is not left. How little the average member feeds with careful mastication upon the word most of us from our own know from our experience. He said, masticate it. Do the same thing with your Bible that the football player does with that ball. Tear it up. Don't leave that field until you have mastered the art of throwing that ball. Don't you leave your house until you've mastered. Get, if it has to, get two or three scriptures and get them in your mouth and put them on an index card. When you're riding down the road in the morning, quote the way, if God is for me, who could be against me if God is on my side? If he did not spare his own son but freely gave him, how shall he not with him, Jesus, freely give me all things? Someone said, did you memorize that? No, I just said it about 100,000 times going through hell, quoting the word. And it worked. It worked. Say, my best days are ahead of me. See, you can't, see, the word can't be defeated. The word, Satan can't defeat the Bible. He can defeat you, but he can't defeat the Bible. That's why Jesus quoted the word. Satan cannot override the word of God. But he can rule you if you don't know it. Now, this is a simple, all I've done so far is preach a sermon called Read Your Bible. What did the pastor preach? Read your Bible. 
Now listen, I get around, I get around Christians all the time, and, I, and I'm not talking about in this church. I'm going to leave you all alone. I get around Christians, and I look at them, and I, and I, and I ask myself, is this guy saved? And I know that he is. Why is it he's just so ignorant? I mean, basics. Basics. Don't know it. You start talking about who you are in Christ. My sermon Sunday, last Sunday Easter, did y'all know that is foundation Christianity? Did you know that 99% of the Christians on the earth have no idea what I preach? And that is foundational. That's what your faith is supposed to be in. Say thank you. Just don't forget me on my birthday. Just, I'm just teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Now the word of God is powerful. All right, let's look at another one. 2 Timothy 3.16. Say amen. I, I'm trying to get you this morning to make an adjustment in your life. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to show you something. I know that y'all like to read your Bible on your phone, and I'm not going to tell you not to do that, but I'm going to tell you, get yourself one of these with paper on it. And get you a yellow highlighter and a pink one and an orange one and a green one. And when it says study, listen to me. You went to school and learned a lot of information. And you paid them a lot of money. And by the time you graduated, all that information was old and worthless. Now that job, they don't even have that job anymore. And yet you studied and you studied and you studied. And then you come along and tell me you don't know how. Yeah, you know how. You're studying the wrong thing. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not be ashamed rightly, dividing the word of truth. Jesus studied the Bible. Solomon was rich. How did he get there? The word. All Scripture is given by, it, that word inspiration of God means God breathed. This is, if you love God, you have to love his word because if you don't love this, you don't know him. If you don't know this, you don't know him. If you don't know this, you don't know your enemy. If you don't know this, you don't even know who you are. There's only one place you'll ever find who you are. It's in here. The only place you'll ever find the wisdom of God, it is in here. And you don't have to wait till you get 80 to look back and go, I wished I'd have known when I was 21 what I know now. You can. When, we, when I'm out talking about our church, I tell other ministers, our teenagers are on fire. And they are wiser than most adults. We got children in children's church that get their prayers answered better than most adults. Because we're not playing with them, we're teaching them the Bible. And they've, we've had kids leave here and go home and pray for their drug addict moms and dads and get them born again. 
seven, eight, nine, ten years of age. That's pretty good. And we're going to continue with that. Okay, let's look at another one. Go to, go to Proverbs 4. There's a lot more I could do here. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel I need to watch my time. I don't really, but I feel. I feel. You don't know how that made me feel. I really don't care how that made you feel. Your feelings are not my responsibility. <laughs> that was a conversation I had with a guy last week. Okay. <sighs> my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart in front of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those that find them and what to your flesh? I just don't know what to do. I just don't feel good. I just don't feel good. I do, I do. Who made your body? God did. God did. And the word is God. You I'm just trying to get a hold of God. Pick up a Bible and you can you can meet him that fast. All you got to do to germinate the seed is get it in your mouth. Now, once you put the seed in your mouth, you say, well, I said it once. Well, if you planted one kernel of corn, don't expect a massive harvest. Yeah. I'm trying to feed my family for the winter, and I planted a kernel. You might want to plant two. Never mind, I'm going to come back over here and preach. You might want to plant a few acres. Thank God for one kernel. But I think you might want to plant the whole bag. All right. Okay. The word is able to go in your body and fix it. Isn't that amazing? Now, I'm going to prove that to you, I think. You know, someone said, I don't know how that works. I don't either. I don't know how how does my reading that scripture cause my body? I don't know, but I'm going to ask you a question. When Lisa texted me, get eggs, how does that signal pass at airplanes, crows and buzzards, go through the jet stream, smack on side of a satellite someone blasted up there and slung into outer space, and come down here and find me. Okay. I mean, I want you to tell me. I want someone explain how her text found me. I, and how come her text didn't go to everybody's phone? Get, get eggs. Who's this woman? And everybody in Apopka is getting eggs that afternoon because that text got, oh, shoot, we couldn't find him. We just kind of, do you know? Do you know? I, I, have, I, I have no idea. But see, Lisa seems to think it works real good. And I know she doesn't understand it. I know you don't understand it. But it doesn't matter whether you understand it. Whoever told you you had to understand the Bible for it to work? You don't have to understand the Bible. You don't have to understand. All he told you to do, meditate on my word 
day and night, it'll heal your body. Duh, 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 duh. I had an aha moment. <laughs> I'm having a good time preaching, even though I'm, the reason I walk back and forth is that I see someone's face and I go, I got to run. You never know, I might be running from you. You never know, I just. I'm still, this, this sermon is still simple. But why does something have to be difficult? Who said that it had to be hard? Can I preach your sermon for you? I was with Megan the other day, and she was talking about the, the, the name in the Syria, and he said, dip in the Jordan seven times. Folks, that's as simple as it gets. God, and so the woman, the girl told him, says, if he's told you something hard, but he says something, it's simple, 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 dip, 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 seven times. What, what's dipping seven times? I, I don't know. Just dip. If you get healed, dip. I'm not talking snuff. I'm talking in the water. I'm talking in the water. Quit trying to figure God out. You're not going to do it. Just read it, mutter it, and let it work. And then you come back and go, it worked. All I did was say it a lot. Never mind. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Unless the word richly indwells for the individual of the mind, the Spirit of God, though present in his fullness, has nothing to work upon. Uh, listen, it's simple. If you're praying for crops, put seed in before you pray. Don't pray for rain and then complain that all you have is mud. God sent the rain. God did what he said he would do. But you're the one that had to go out there and put a kernel of corn here and a kernel of corn here and a kernel of corn there. And then you can go in the house and, and the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is as a man who puts seed in the ground. And a day and night and day and night and all of a sudden he came out one day and went, Shondai corn. It, I'm trying to show you how easy it is to walk in health, to walk in the blessing, to walk in prosperity. You say, how? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Now, now there's another mystery. And you tell me if you think you know. You got a piece of corn that big, and it goes on the ground, and it doesn't become an oak tree. It has nothing to do, it doesn't know nothing about oaks. And it never gets confused. It only produces corn. And you put it in the dirt, and listen, dirt is just, it's just dirt. It's just dirt. And there's water. It, that little piece of nothing is sitting in water and dirt. And becomes a whole stalk with a whole lot of corn. And don't tell me you know how it happens because you don't. Where did it get all those corn? 
from the dirt. Don't tell me that. I don't, that's, I'm not that stupid. But it, it doesn't know any better. Now let, let's talk about something even bigger than that. An acorn. That piece of wood with a little goo in it that, not, that makes a squirrel stupid. You put it in the dirt and it'll grow a little sprout. And all it's doing is sucking water out. It's just all it's doing is sucking water. And it becomes a tree. How? I don't know. Where is it getting the bark? Where is it getting the wood? Where is it getting? Oh, that's crazy. It messes up my head. But it does. So I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a, if you're praying for oak furniture, God will give you an acorn. And you can have all kind of furniture. Now, I'm going to, it's 1202 and I'm not done. I I have a book at home and I've got to tell you, the, the cover of the book is wrong. The tongue, a creative force. Your tongue don't create nothing. God gave you acorns. If you want oaks, plant the seed. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go deep here. I'm going to go real deep. Your tongue don't plant nothing. Your tongue don't create nothing. All your tongue can do is plant a seed that already exists. I've never created a tomato, but I have grown them. But I found out that I had to find a tomato seed in order to create them. See, y'all run around trying to create tomato plants. You can't create a tomato plant. You can plant seed. You can't create healing. You can't create prosperity. But you can sure plant the seed. And it will grow. Am I going too deep? Am I too deep? Say, my best days are ahead of me. Whatever you want in life, find a scripture and eat it and masticate, gum it. Take your teeth out and gum it. (laughs) Say amen. I'm not turning you loose until I feel like you've gotten it. If I don't hear some amen, hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus, glory to God, we'll stay here till the sun comes up tomorrow. Amen. Listen to this, and I think this will help you. You have the theory of redemption. Every one of us have a theory of the Bible. But it doesn't belong to you yet. It's not real to you. It's only a theory. We have a theory of redemption. You don't know how to put it into practice. Every time you go over great teachings, you get one step closer your goal. I'm going over them again and again and again, not only for your sake, but mine. My privilege and place in Christ becomes more real. The tremendous possibilities of the divine life are almost within grasp. Sometimes when the word is unfolding itself to me, it seems I could close my eyes and dive into the middle of it. Let's go back over life. Third grade. They taught you math. Three times three is nine. Two times two is four. Three times five is fifteen. 
They made you write that out sideways, up and down, backwards, frontwards, five times three, three times five. Then they made you put scratches, two, 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 two. And at the end of the year, all they did was teach you to multiply over and over and over. When you got to fourth grade, they put two numbers together and did it again. And by the time you got to college, you were going through probability and statistics. And then when you became a banker, you're only using 10 numbers. Everything in our Bible is simple. It isn't because it's difficult. It's, it is for the person who does it over and over. Football games are won by people who do the basics better than the other guy. That's all that there is. That's all there is to a football game is a guy that passes better than the other guy. The guy that catches better than the other guy. Have you? I'm out of time, but I got to. Don't, don't you love it when you're watching your team and the guy runs all the way to the end field and, and the quarterback throws the ball and he turns around and he puts his finger up and sucks that ball. You're like, you're like, that's my team. Just whooped Alabama, boy, I'm going to tell you right now. Don't you love it when you walk in and you watch a Christian in church and the devil hits him and they go, <laughs> grab the word of God and go, <laughs> glory to God. I've got the, the victory is mine. Say, that's me. Okay, I got one more thing to read you. If you could hear this every morning and then about noontime and then evening, Again and again before you went to bed, after a while, it'll seep into you. A young man said this to me. There's one lesson on identification. That's what I preach Sunday, Easter. That thrilled me through and through. I laid your manuscript down and I went about my daily business. But my mind kept coming back to it. He said, I'm going to read it over and over. I'm going to read these scriptures every day. And I wanted him to tell me why. He said, I, he said, I am doing this for a reason. It's not mine yet. There's truth that you know in your head, but it's not yours yet. I have things in the Bible that I'm reading and I'm going, I know that Barbara is true, but it's not mine yet. And so I pick up my Bible and I read it again and I go, how? And then I read it again. Can I tell you a couple stories? I'm going to anyway. When I first got born again, God asked me to pray for a boy to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I wrestled with God all day because I was afraid that if I prayed with him, it wouldn't happen. And finally, God had me pray for him, and the boy started talking to him. I was more amazed that he spoke in tongues than I went, it worked. I prayed for one person. And after that, I prayed for someone else, and then it became easier and easier. I remember the day I stepped into Russia, and there's 500 people in the building. And I said, I'm going to pray for you and every one of you speak in tongues. Listen, I didn't start there. I'm walking down the streets in the Bahamas. There's a boy walking down the street that just got born again in the meeting, and I'm passing out tracks, and I'm praying in tongues. And he looks at me, and I said, you want that? And he goes, yeah. And I went, Phil! And he started talking in tongues. I said, cool. Phil. Power of God hit him. 
That's not what happened the first time. Everything in here. No. You couldn't go from glory to glory to glory. But not with it closed. You got to take the same two times two is four. When you're in probability and statistics and you're still going to be using 10 numbers. You're going to be using basic, basic Bible. But you're going to become a master at it. Glory to God. Say amen. amen. My, my sermon was simple. Uh, today, I want to talk about just read your Bible. Number one problem in America is we put this down. Back in the 30s and 40s, this was the school book. That's why you look back and go, back when I was growing up, we had manners. That's because they used the Bible at school. And when the devil wanted to whoop you, he took your Bible away. If you want to get back to where you're in victory, get it back. Now, after this sermon, I can't do, I, I am not running your life. I, I wished I was because I'd make you mine. I'd come over to your house and grab your Bible and say, you're reading your Bible, get in here. But, oh, Lisa won't let me. I've gone to people's houses before that went to our church and I've gone to their house and opened up their Bible and I went, hmm, pages are still stuck together in this book. How come there's no yellow? I don't believe in marking my Bible. I said, well, you messed up. But when I open one, pages are falling out. Everything yellow and orange and green. I go, oh, glory to God. We have a tongue-talking devil chasing the Holy Ghost on fire for God. The devil won't mess with you. You are. Yeah, baby. So the next time I walk by and pick up your Bible, don't run off. Go home and get a crayon. Give it to your kids. They'll mess it up. They'll mark it up. Did this help you? I understand that I'm, what I'm saying sounds simple to you. It's not. It's actually very, very, very deep. This is life or death, sink or swim. The time we're living in in this earth, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith. Take subjects in the Bible, and, and, and maybe next week when Mark Hankins went to a meeting 17 years of age, and Brother Hagin said, get the book of Ephesians out and mark in him, in whom, and who you are in Christ. And that, that, that boy, 17 years old, went home and did what one preacher told him and start studying one subject in the Bible, and it, and it changed him forever. And not a devil in hell stop you if your Bible's open. Get it in you. Be a walking word. Can I pray for y'all? Father, this morning, I, I have walked in this church and poured out my heart. I love these people. I love them. I know that the enemy is going to do his best to take them out if he, if he can, if he mess them up. And I'm praying that they listen this morning, if they were listening to me, that won't happen. That won't happen. 
because the word of God is more powerful than all the devils of hell. It, it couldn't keep Jesus in hell and it can't keep them down. But I pray they walk out of here today and go, I got my answer. And I pray that we would make this in this church a way of life. We call ourselves a word church. And this is why we say that. Because this is the only thing that will change everything in our life, no matter what we're going through. Smith Wigglesworth Father said that faith in God, your faith in God will set you free no matter how you're fettered. There's nothing the Word of God won't fix. Nothing. And I ask you to take my words and, 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 and burn them on our hearts. And we walk out of here today and not forget what we heard today. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.